Mots? Hey, Danny. How's it going, buddy? You notice how excited I was? I'm trying to say, hey, Mots, in a slightly different tone every time. You know, I might roll in Belichick style and one time and go, hey, Mots. Like, I get really low. Um, right now, I'm, I'm trying to bring the energy. So, hey, Mots. Hey, Danny. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> like, like, you know, you mean just, you know, I, I was watching your chest today and everyone was, Gosh, here we go. everyone here was we like, go. bring out the voices, bring out blah, blah, blah. But they didn't actually know the characters right. and you had to like correct them, which was so, right. so cool. Maybe you can describe like what you do, because what you do on chess.com slash TV or the Twitch chess, you have like daily chess, but you are right. more than Danny on there. Well, I'm. I, I don't know. Is split personality disorder the same thing as schizophrenia? I don't think it is, actually. Um, it's like a combo. I yeah, I don't think I suffer from either, but I do have a lot of fun. Uh, one of the things that's funny about the culture uh, I grew up in is I uh, you know, was exposed pretty early on to just a ton of different, especially Eastern European accents, more than, more than most... Uh, certainly, uh, American kids would be if you're not in the chess world. You know, maybe you know, kids growing up in different cultures are, you know, I don't know, a kid really into rodeo stuff. Maybe he gets some southern accents. I don't. I'm just saying, right? Wherever the culture is big, right? And so in chess, yeah. you know, I, I learned how to read names that have a ton of consonants and other people stare at, right? I say Jinji Hashvili, Kashishvili, like it's going out of style, and people <laughs> look at that name and go, what, right? Or you know. Uh, you just learn how to do things. And so I think yeah. one of the things that I really had a lot of fun with um, was was doing the different accents of the different coaches I worked with. You know, I had worked with so many different uh, Russian and uh, Eastern European coaches that I think I got pretty good at noticing the different types of Slavic accents, actually. And I can, you know, tell the difference pretty quickly between a Russian and a Ukrainian. Um, funny story about that real quick, since you brought it up, is I was on a plane... About a year ago, and um, two people were talking in, in a foreign language, um, and then they were switching to English. And with their accent, somebody was like, "Oh, like they're you know, but they're Russian or whatever." And I was like, "Actually, I think they're. I think this guy's Hungarian and that guy's Ukrainian." And guess what? I was right. Right, and, and it just blew yeah. the stewardess's mind because she went over and asked them, and it ended up being really funny because I ended up getting in conversations with these guys about like the Polgar sisters from Hungary and and all this chess stuff, and it was pretty funny. Now she was she was a, a regular Southern belle, and she was speaking with you know it was just real nice, real nice for y'all to share where you're from, um, and so she was just she would have you know she would have confused you know, Australian with German at this point, right? I, she wasn't yeah. really operating on a full accent level like I do. You know, I like to say I'm fluent in over 72 different accents. Um, so anyway, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a skill. It's a skill, you, you know what I mean? Like literally when when I attempt to do any accent, it is always Irish. Like if is, am I doing Australian right now? It's Irish. Is it German? It's Irish. Is it Italian? It's Irish. And even when I speak French, it's Irish. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. I, I mean, sometimes that it happens. You have to be careful not to slip, right? Like an Australian accent, you elongate the syllable. It's absolutely right. Out in the outback, we're here. Uh, wait, no, it's like wallabies, dingoes, babies running about. But if you talk New Zealand, it's a little more like this New Zealand. Good eye. Uh, it's mm. so like New Zealand is a little more. It's uh, what is it? It's it's like it's cut off a little bit like New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand, New Zealand. Australian, mm. New Zealand, kind of like that. Or, you know, there's different types of Russian. I, I can do more if you want. Like the Sasha, why are you here? Russia, Moscow is where you come from. 
Leonard, uh, what is this? Uh, and then Ukrainian is a little more like uh, elongated, uh, like uh, Sasha, blow up the Xbox, that kind of, uh, that kind of thing. Um, I don't want to do all my accents because I'm really, I do this for a living. Uh, literally, that's what I do on chess shows for a living. And why it do is. people watch it? I don't even know why people watch it. <laughs> because you're entertaining. People love it. So if you want more of, of this, basically, this is why I actually watch a lot of your shows. I mean, I want to learn about chess, Danny. I loves me some chess. But I do love this, this split personality because usually when you're doing it, it's actually with purpose. You're not just doing it because you're like, ha, 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 funny, funny, ha, ha. You usually have it for some purpose. I mean, it is funny, funny, hop, hop, but it, it is some usually for some purpose. And I, I love it. I really get into it. So all right, well, Anyways. that was funny. No, no, no. So anyway, what's yeah. going on? What's new with you? No, you know, I well, I try to uh, master my my accents and my split personalities, but you, what I'm really mastering, I think you can, I, I think you'll be excited because you work from home uh-huh. and I work from home. And I've taken upon myself in the last few weeks to organize my workstation and I have one workstation which is a sit stand just single leg desk so it's not huge it's pretty small it can fit about two monitors and here's what I did Danny I kept looking at my desk and you have to remember that we're in a one bedroom plus a den so it's in the den and you can see it direct you can see my desk directly from the kitchen or the dining room table which means that if it's ever messy or it's not organized, guess what? It's it's front and center stage. Always so I've been there. staring at my desk just disgusted with myself because it's <laughs> been gross. So I was like, I'm going to take time to organize my entire desk and life situation over here. So what I did is, uh, you know, I, I told you before the show, I literally have six phone or tablet devices. I have two laptops, each that are hooked up to monitors, each with external mice and keyboard, plus this microphone, um, plus multiple webcams. And these are all hooked up. This is just my life, right? This is crazy. So I got these things called Seta Techie. I don't know. They're like, they're like, um, I have a monitor. I have two monitors, but you know, I wanted them to be raised off the ground. So I wanted to get a laptop stand, even though I'm on a sit stand desk and both the monitors can be adjusted in height. But what I found out, Danny, is that for a year or seven or so that I've been working at home, I've been right, I've been tape. typing at the wrong height. Oh, you 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 broke. Oh, you're doing that. Now I'm with you. That's not a good thing. It's not good for your wrists. It's mm-hmm. ergonomically inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, ergonomically inappropriate I love ergonomically it. inappropriate <laughs> right. that's the name of this episode that's for um, sure it's ergonom- uh, ergonomically inappropriate. inappropriate uh it's no you can you if you do that enough because the problem with i mean as much as people may i think at first when i when you and i start talking like this like if i was talking like with my wife and i'm talking about this she's always like rolling her eyes but not that big of a deal i'm like honey no when you spend this much time at your desk and plus we love what we do and we're passionate about it so once you're in the zone i know you you could probably you know bang out two hours of work, you know, basically sitting in a position that's terrible for your body, right? For oh, your yeah. back or for your neck. Like I can do that all the time. Like once I'm in a zone, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm typing that keyboard like it owes me money. You know, I'm hitting that baby hard oh, yeah. and I'm focused. And so if you don't take the time to put yourself in a, in a healthy working position or in a healthy working state of mind, it can, it can hurt over time. So I hear you on this. Yeah, it's been, and I, we took a survey, Microsoft has a survey of how to be, 
ergonomically correct and not inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And, and they were saying things I didn't even pay attention of, like, do you turn your head more than certain degrees to look at a monitor or, you know, how much time you're sitting or standing or are you using a laptop as a laptop when it should really be plugged in and out of the way? So I'll show you, I'll, I'll share a photo with you and with everybody. I'll make it the background of this thing. But my desk is, it's stunning. Each monitor is on top of a, a monitor stand and that monitor stand actually has usb ports plugged into it and each of my actual devices and keyboards are tucked under like it's elevated so they're tucked under that laptop stand right so what's cool is that literally right in front of me right now is just the microphone and my mouse and keyboard everything else is just pristine crystal clear right and my viewing angle is directly in front of me. And guess what? My mouse and keyboard, my my elbows are at a 90 degree. Like I'm learning so much about how unhealthy I've been developing for the last like 10 years of my life. And I feel great. Like I'm standing more. I don't want to sit at all. Um, my eyes, like my head's not hurting. My shoulders aren't hurting. I don't know what it is, but I, I just, I feel, and then I also have this other feeling, which is that when I leave work for the day, I can look at my desk and not be disgusted with myself. Dude, I, I'm with you. And I, I think I shared a few episodes ago. I just, I've made this jump into the flexi desk that mm-hmm. I got because I've got this sort of studio office. I've got the office at home. I've also got the studio office, which is where I am now, where I do most of my videos and shows and all that stuff. And I, you know, I haven't had a standing desk really since I got the studio office, even though I have a standing desk at home. And I've been missing that baby, been missing that ergonomically more balanced experience where I can sit in a tall chair. I can stand. I could grab my laptop and sit on the couch if I wanted to. I can rotate because I've heard more and more like different positions is also good. But now, now I'm in, now I'm in heaven again in my work office because my flexi desk raises up. It lowers down wherever I want it to be. I bring it up to that 90 degree angle. As I talk to you right now, I'm looking down at my hands and my arms and they're at a good 90 degree angle. This is just good. It's just so. I don't know. I mean, this wasn't coffee, but this was us sharing our love for something that we may love just as much to start this show, which is OCD organization and the thought that we're working in an ergonomically appropriate position. That's all I can ever hope for in life, to be honest with you. And I hope that your kids, which I understand we talked about last week, are on their way back into school. And these kids have like, do your kids have like laptops and iPads and all that shenanigans? You said all you can hope for is this. I can tell all I can hope for is to survive the next 20 years of my life. I'm telling you right now, my kids are freaking me out. So, So this year, the kids are back in school. Nash has a laptop. He's in middle school. We've got him a Chromebook. Warner is using one of my older PC laptops, and he's doing a lot more online this year in fourth grade. Uh, Hazel just started school. No child on the planet has ever been more excited about starting kindergarten than Hazel. Um, it's really out of control. I mean, she's waking up at 530 every day. Her enthusiasm is so high. I would have been um, young, you know. Yeah, back it, in my old glory days where I used to wake day. up before nine. And she's and I, I already know that all of her fellow kindergarten students are going to want to kill her by the end of the year because she comes home and she's like, how she answered every question right and how like the teacher loved her and how the teacher had to write notes to these other kids about, you know, getting along. And then, you know, and, and I told them that they shouldn't treat each other that way. And I'm like, oh, gosh. You are going to get beat up at school. No, um, but um, 
No, the funniest thing that happened at, at home this week was we had kind of a family meeting, getting the kids ready for school, talking about the gear, and just kind of like we're having some ice cream. We try to do those little family powwows every once in a while. It's mine and Shauna's way to secretly give them discipline without them knowing they're being disciplined. It's a, it's a trick you can use, right? Like we, we're around the family. Hey, family meeting time. Everyone gets some ice cream. We sit around the living room. We talk about how exciting the year is going to be. What's going to be our biggest challenges? You know what we'd really like to do this year? Everybody should just make their bed and clean their room every morning when they get up because wouldn't it be great to come home from school and not have that uh proverbial bleep hanging over your head right oh and yeah that's like, a good yeah, feeling that does sound great right <laughs> and we just like work through these different expectations we have for them about teaching them about responsibility like hey it's kind of like i have kids right it would be irresponsible for me to like bring kids into my life and then not take care of this home that we live in and all this area and provide and all that stuff and you guys you guys have stuff and it wouldn't be responsible for that stuff to be left on the floor and get stepped on right and yeah. you, you just kind of trick them into understanding things but during this whole process on sunday night before school i was like so what are our biggest challenges this year and uh, when, when Nash starts to say his biggest challenge, Warner, I kid you not, eight-year-old goes, Nash's biggest challenge this year is going to be starting puberty. Mm, whoa. Just like out of control, right? And I'm that like, is, that's happening. All, what Life. are you guys talking about? And why is the eight-year-old saying that the 11-year-old's biggest challenge is going to be starting puberty? But it was pretty hilarious. It floored all of us. And I don't know where he got it. But, uh, but anyway, I, I have a feeling that I have a feeling that my life is about to take a turn toward insane parentville. Um, it feels like really at least quick. Hazel, even though the, she's the youngest, is going to set like the bar for everyone. She's just going to be crushing it all right. the time. I feel like she's just going to be on 11. And, and I like that. No, she does. Like, imagine our house where like Shauna's in the kitchen. Maybe I'm I'm uh, at the table with Hazel and the boys are doing something. And, and Shauna yells something at the boys. Hazel, while not, not even lifting her head, writing whatever she's doing or doing crayons. This is you can imagine Hazel coloring something says things like, I told them not to do that. And I knew mom would be upset about it, but they didn't listen. And so now they're, they're going to get yelled at. She's like saying it to herself. Like she's got the whole play of our family, like on lock and figured out. She it's really terrible. scary. I love it. I from an outsider peeking in, I love it. I can't not it wait. It sounds a lot more entertaining when you're not living it though, I think. Exactly, which I love. And I love that I can get these updates and live and peek in to the household that I, I do feel uh, a part of, to be honest with yeah. you. I, no, the I, first time we, I met. We feel that way, too. And, you know, uh, Talia, the one-year-old, because she's really the youngest now, Talia's biggest thing oh, is she, right. she thinks she speaks cow. There are I, keep, cows. I keep forgetting that you had yeah. so many kids. I forget that yeah. there's that it just kept happening. <laughs> yeah, that's not your fault, dude. I forget that I have so many kids. Like, literally, like, no shame in that. I mean, I, most people can't even wrap their head around four kids. So, like, is that still a thing? People still do that? How irresponsible are you? Hashtag overpopulator. And my theory is, with overpopulation, best I can do is raise really good uh smart intelligent contributors to society and i figured that beings like that might help us land on on whatever this planet is that's coming that we're going to have to rehabilitate to so before you get all judgmental understand that i'm aware of the risks of four children and uh <laughs> you, got, you, got some, you bring some winners into this world like, yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be mad at you if you survive right. all those years I'm I'm going to be impressed. That's what. Uh, but Talia walks around the house thinking she speaks cow. I've told you about the cows that roam where we mm -hmm. live, right? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's a fence out state, not a fence in state, and so we're constantly trying to keep them at bay from sneaking into our yard and eating the tomatoes. Um, but Talia walks around and just moves. She just moves. Just. Murr, I just I move. That's it. 
I like how I like how that it's just a common occurrence that cows are coming into your yard. We're here in Seattle. We have blogs for each neighborhood. And it was like tonight's top story that someone saw a deer in right. in their backyard. Like it was it was like, like this has like, never like Seattle, happened. Seattle is a fence out state for hipsters. You have to fence them out of whatever that is. Put it this way. Arizona is a fence-out state for cows. So what you do for hipsters and their lack of boundaries and whatever coffee shop, whatever they want to walk into, we have to do for cows. Does that help the... That helps bridge our worlds, right? It does. It does. <laughs> that's, how, that's how they're connected. I like it. Right. All right, but let's get into some listener feedback. You ready? We got yeah, some yeah. amazing, ridiculous... Com- we love it. I, we were talking about our listeners are phenomenals. And not only have we been getting some spectacular um reviews on the app store we obviously got some great feedback on blunders.fm you can write into the show and ian is back ian is the guy that told us about guillotine chests, which was so cool we did like basically a whole episode on it um and he just had to comment in about me house hunting uh, heather and i and you know i mentioned that it's really important to have a good coffee shop close by and he goes why don't you just buy your own coffee shop And, you know, it's a lifelong dream of mine to own a coffee shop. So it is not outside of reach. Dude, I I, first of all, if you owned a coffee shop and let's say, okay, let's go dream scenario, right? Let's fantasize together. Maybe it's part of your house. I don't know if you live upstairs. Maybe it's like you live in the backyard, like you build a second thing. I don't know. But let's say it's so close to you that it's like walking distance and... It just like is this place that brings hipsters together where you can always choose to fence them in or out. And this coffee that you serve here could be, you know, I mean, it's going to be super hipstery, super, you know, pour over E like we're we're not going to have standard drip like it does not exist. And if we did have standard drip, it's going to be coming like from a French press that then gets put into a like a drip machine just to keep it maybe warm. one of those spinny things where you can see the water go around like a spinny glass exactly and you kind of wait for it to come unnecessarily spinning around but somehow we convince them that it's the extra air pressure that it goes through that makes the coffee taste even better yes you know exactly this you get it. me you get me it's the delivery once all the products are the same it's how we deliver the products that separates us Ooh. so you know Deep. this is this is the future it is the future. We had a little bit more with some good questions on tech and coffee before we get to some chess, uh, which is uh, actually from another listener, Mitch, who's also a chess.com uh, subscriber. I don't know if uh, Mitch is a platinum like I am. Diamond. I'm a diamond member. What am I? I'm a diamond member. Is that the top? Diamonds are your best friend. So um, they are. That's right. Um, that's me. So Mitch wrote this huge thing, Mitch, we're just going to summarize that you love us. You're in love with the show. Can we love you? We love you. We're in love with you as well. And Mitch asked two important questions. First is how do we take our coffee? Well, this is a, this is a great question. And I think I speak for hopefully most coffee connoisseurs that it depends on the coffee, right? When, when we're talking Mm -hmm. in this situation, we're talking our, our, you know, our French press or our whatever it is, you know, when we're, when we're really taking our time to make our, to make our delici- delicioso blue bean, you know, monthly subscription coffee, you only want it black because you don't want any sort of outside, outside influence over what is just a, an amazing cup of Joe. Mm-hmm. What more but, do you need in life, really? Right. Uh, that's, that's all you need, right? And that's the kind of coffee that to me, you get one cup a day, right? So we have our, um, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on the type of what is the kind of coffee we do. Yeah, just the nice pour over, you know, 
yeah, just when you're doing that, I think all you need is black. Um, but when I'm in it, when I'm in more of a pinch, you know, whether I'm hitting up Starbucks or, you know, if I, if it's a weekend and there's more people coming over and I'm kind of brewing a pot of coffee and those situations, I think, um, I'll hit the cream. I'm pretty much never a sugar guy in my coffee. So never. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little bit of cream guy to, to kind of cut, to kind of cut through a little bit of that bitterness um when i'm when i'm drinking maybe two or three cups i kind of enjoy a dash of cream when i'm getting that one cup from the nice pour over that i know is going to do me right for the rest of the day i'm all black baby yeah and to be honest i'm the same way and you, honestly i you so I, this evolved over time when i was first in the coffee it was cream and sugar and then the, uh, really the sugar is just unnecessary calories at, at some of the point of day i mean i used to drink those really heavy things with mochas and all that stuff and no my coffee is just coffee on occasion on occasion i'll get like a cappuccino dry or something like that or maybe a latte but our lattes here are like eight ounce lattes and I get a quad. So it's really like 50, 50 espresso and then non-fat milk. I don't even put anything else in it. Now for my coffee though. Yeah. This morning I drank two different pour overs because I drink a lot of coffee. It's unnecessary. And those are just black coffee. And I'll tell you this much. It, it even depends on the cream. So like if I go to a Starbucks, I'll do like a red eye and then I won't do any cream. But if I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to get this coffee. Maybe I'll put a splash in there. But if I'm on an airplane, this becomes important because it's like, what type of creamer is there? Right. To be honest with you, because on an airplane, they're going to give you those little tiny things. Powder creamers. Yeah. That you got to, yeah, yeah. The, the, Skip. the powder cream. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just take it black and I will hate the rest of the flight, but I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah. No, it, and it depends on the flight I'm on if we're talking about travel coffee. But now we're, you know, we're really, we could, we could do a whole podcast on the type of situation. Like we should do that rapid fire. Guess right in. They name a situation. Mots, Danny, you're in the jungle. You've somehow been trapped in the game Jumanji coming out with Kevin Hart and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which by the way, I cannot wait to see. And you have, and what kind of coffee do you drink there? Like, I feel like put me in a scenario and give me five seconds to just instinctively answer and see if I get it right. I'm in. Boom. I done. believe there is a type of coffee that's right for everything. But another thing that is is out there and is right for everyone, you just have to find the right thing. Oh, wait, no, we're going to do the next question here, which is he uh, he had more of a tech question about chess.com or just about what browsers we use. That's a good one, right? Yeah. And, I forgot and he that says, Mitch had him. Yeah, he said that he usually uses Chrome, but he's, he's trying out Microsoft Edge, and he wanted to know what we use. And I also was curious where I assume that chess.com works great in all browsers i know that blunders.fm works great in every browser so. <laughs> um chess.com is best in chrome um best as far as the speed i think the the chrome browsing experience is just is it is it lightning is it milliseconds i don't even know i mean i guess i'd have to dive in i don't want to i don't want to dish you know Firefox or Chrome or Safari. I think that the, the big three these days, Firefox, Chrome, and Safari, you have to work super well on all of those. And unfortunately mm-hmm. for chess.com, we also have to spend a decent amount maintaining our experience in Internet Explorer because a massive amount of our traffic comes from, um, you know, underdeveloped countries in that, in that sense. So you're talking about older hardware and with it comes older software. So Internet Explorer is still a browser that we have to support uh, against our own will. I think like the rest of the world, we're handcuffed to the experience that is IE. Mm-hmm. But other other than the, the the requirement there, I mean, basically Chrome. I mean, but we also work in in what you know Opera and everything works on it. But I think if you're looking for you know where most developers are putting all of their attention, especially when you do initial bug tests and and because you know our you know your developers and your QA teams can only be so big, right? Not all of us are work. For for Microsoft, like Mr. Motsi here, you know. 
So we can only test so much. So I think if you're looking for what's always going to be your fastest, cleanest experience, I think Chrome and Firefox are right there and Safari as well. Yeah, I use, uh, people ask me all the time and I, I just use Chrome just because I'm a Google person and I log into all my, like Google knows yeah, me yeah. and it, my Google experience feels best there. But I will say, because uh, I'm on a Surface Book currently, I use Edge, which is the Microsoft Edge browser, right, um, for work-related things. Because what's nice here is that I actually separate my work life from my personal life. So so work stuff is auto-logged in on Edge, and then life things are logged in on Chrome. And it's actually a pretty nice distinguishing mark. And as you would assume, a lot of really Microsoft internal tools that we have are work best in Edge or IE. So. But, well, that's good to know. Maybe uh, I need to spend a little more time using Edge because I, I love the way okay. you're so. How do you? How? What is this? How are you so organized right now? I'm just like like you keep your work and your home life separate via browsers. I mean, that is could be the greatest thing ever, right? I mean, kind of is. Yeah, I'm lucky if I keep Talia's head off the keyboard, you know, and 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 like you ever like touch your computer after one how somehow one of your kids touch it and it's covered in stickiness. There are two things more evil than sticky in this world, you know. And uh, sticky is the worst. I hate sticky. I don't like one sticky. Of the worst, one of the meanest things my wife ever did to me was suck on a, uh, she had a piece of licorice and she was like mad at me and she wiped it on her fingers and then like wiped it on my face. Uh, she knew I was going to go nuts. Uh, you know what is, uh, to me is worse than sticky is, is gooey. And by that, I mean like when you, you know, when you sit or step on that piece of yeah. gum and it's more than a, it's more than a sticky, it's also a gooey and you're just like, ugh. Oh, I, I don't know how that took a quick turn there. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm usually the I'm I'm a leading innovator on on the uh, on the cutting edge of uh, useless and irrelevant quick turns during conversation. Uh, that's like one of the things I specialize in. So, but yeah. Um, well, Mitch, thanks for the questions. I, I'm going to check out Microsoft Edge. Um, and you know, if it's a leading, if it's a future leading browser, we need to know about it, just like we need to know from Mr. Motz here why and how technology is ruining our lives. And uh, this week, I think you got a good one. Oh, I do. Uh, so this last weekend, this is cutting edge type of stuff. Uh, Heather and I went out to a wedding in, in Oakland. We were out there for a friend's wedding. It was absolutely delightful. And we stayed at the, we're in Oakland. We're in Emeryville specifically. We're at the Hyatt place in the Hyatt. Emory. Hyatt. Hyatt. You sure it wasn't the Hyatt? The Hyatt. Hyatt. Okay. The Hyatt. Okay. Good to know. It was in Tucson. <laughs> um, so, we got there and we checked in and we see this 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 child size 12 year old trash can like height take a 12 year old height so maybe three feet tall it looks like a a huge trash you remember you know the, the mac pros they look like a tiny trash can yeah this like, is a, a, huge like a little trash mini can. tower yes this is a huge trash can and it's name its name is wally and it is wally the robot and wally says hey Press zero at any time if you need something. I'll what? bring it to you. Is I'm, this for real? So here, no, I crap you not. And as I had to keep it on the non-explicit, we yeah. get upstairs the second day that we're there and we turn the corner and here comes Wally down the walkway. <laughs> I am, I flip, I flip my lid. I, I yell. I, 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 ah! it's like <laughs> it's a like, spider drops out from the ceiling. What is, Wally's what become is happening? self-aware. Wally's become self-aware. He's ordering the strike from Skynet. And and Wally goes, I'm finishing a delivery and heading home. And I'm like, what is happening in this, <laughs> this world? Is amazing. I'm actually okay, now I've clicked the link since you described started describing that. I now I've seen I've seen some 
like robots in airports and they're like, hey, what's going on? They just sit there. No, no, no. Like this robot went into the, we don't know how it worked because we didn't follow Wally around, but like it goes into the elevator and like, it's like, I'm gonna go to this floor. And like, it has a digital readout. It's like, come in or come, come play with me. I was like, no, do, I know. Go don't away. Don't touch me. Don't right? touch me. I don't like that. It was. Oh my God, dude. Seriously. I'm looking at this now. This is, that's a, this is the future is now. That's <laughs> so a it real was, robot. It was, it was kind of mind boggling, but then at the same time, I was like, man, what if it's like, you know, one in the morning and I need some toothpaste, but I'm in my chones, right? And I'm just like out and I just got my boxers on. So I'm just like, hey, what up, Wally? You know, no, no big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I a mean, good. It makes sense. That's a um, good. Name. But again, I mean, all jokes aside, but what happens when Wally becomes self-aware before you know it? He's, you know, he's knocking on doors and then, you know, you answer the door and you're like, I, he's like, I didn't do it. Somebody else was here, right? Or. <laughs> You know, like knows who you are, but I don't know if it has a webcam or what it's doing. It was, it was, does it have like a master key? One of those hotel master keys that only, you know, that guy who's security, you know, gets called in when everybody's been locked out of a room. Does it have one of those where it can just barge in on you doing your stuff? I I hope so. I don't know. I I hope not. Actually, that would be it becomes self-aware. And then also at the same time, it has a master key. I don't want to go to that. (laughs) I don't want, I don't want to, I don't, well, Uh, you know, you know, what's not self-aware just yet is, I don't have a setup for this, but at all, but you, you know what isn't coming and knocking on your door, international or grandmasters trying to deliver <laughs> toothpaste to you. What the heck is happening in the world of chess right now, Danny? So the, the funny, what is coming to your door, at least on October 4th, is something. So it's, so I'm curious your take on this. So Check out check out the link I gave as I'm you know you can kind of scroll through it as we're talking because you you said before the show and the and the brief few moments we have to catch up before we start you know putting this thing on record is you didn't catch this whole thing that went down on social media last week between Ben Feingold and Simon Williams and I'm bringing it up not as a shameless plug of the event but because it, it led to some interesting blowback too where like people weren't necessarily happy that we sort of jumped on the opportunity to make an event out of it. So here's what happened. Quick story. One one grandmaster says some things about another grandmaster, right, on video that goes on the web. And it goes mini viral in the sense that, you know, he said some insulting stuff about this guy, he said he was like a weak GM and not very good. And But the thing is, everyone knows Ben Feingold is basically just that's just kind of how he is, you know, it's like his yeah. sense of humor. But it's still but kind then, of a big deal. It's still kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then Simon Williams, the ginger GM, who does a lot of work for us on chess.com, responds and, you know, makes it pretty personal and, and, um, and, and calls out kind of, you know, Ben's like, uh, body type. We'll say that. Um, and says the only thing he could win was an eating contest and some oh, other man. stuff. And, um, the fans start eating this up on Facebook. Like, people are commenting back and forth. Now, to Ben's credit, I mean, he was laughing and took it in stride. And it's like, look, dude, I'm just like, like, that's how I am or whatever. He actually liked Simon's insulting comments. And I think Simon quickly realized, and I, I know this because I talked to him separately, that, you know, that he might have overreacted a little bit because Ben is just kind of like that. But Ben, what Ben said was pretty pretty bad. So in the end, I was just like, hey, why don't we just, why don't we put this on the chessboard? Why don't we settle this like men and <laughs> and put away our differences and settle them on the chessboard? In fact, let's do it in a new style ever. Anybody who's been following chess knows we've done these blitz matches forever. You know, now they're, now they've reached the level where they're really big, right? We've got the best players in the world playing in the speed chess championship, the mm-hmm. Magnus Carlsons, the Hikaru yeah. Nakamura's. But we've also done these death matches where we would just get two players. They wouldn't do commentary. 
they would play. Somebody else would do commentary for a few hours, and and that would be it. And now now we're doing big leagues, and it's morphed into big events, and we've got big money. But we just decided to throw this one down old school style. Chess.com is throwing up a thousand bucks, seven fifty to the winner, two fifty to the loser. We're gonna play a couple hours of blitz chess. But unlike others, we're gonna have these guys mic'd up during the the match, and we're removing our normal PG labels for the chess TV stuff we do. Wow. Parental advisory is is on there and and we're basically just going to let these guys talk talk trash and just have fun and um and who knows what gets said so what is your take on this like i i personally think anything no press is bad press and it's interesting and fun to see the personalities behind chess players that is forever painted chess in this light of these geniuses that don't have personalities or or they're just savants in their own world or, you know, they're struggling with ordering coffee, let alone, you know, communicating a coherent, you know, I don't know, <laughs> whatever the, the, the stereotypes are about chess players. So I think you know, you to know, see people like- kind of go nuts and get excited about this was fun. And I think this is a yeah. cool thing to do, even though we got some feedback saying that we're rewarding bad behavior. Neither one of them was acting appropriately, you know. You know, it's just chess.com shamelessly trying to take advantage of another social media situation. Hashtag guilty, but I don't care. <laughs> but well, you know, what, you know do what you happens think? is take any other sport, right? I mean, if you consider chess as their career, right? It's not like they're reporting to somebody, right? Now they right. can, if they say really terrible things in general, that's going to get them in trouble. But if you take a look at other sports, especially things like boxing or wrestling or other things like that, I mean, these things are driven off that MMA fights, right? They're calling out even, even uh, football, things like any of these sports, they're calling out the other athlete because they want the attention. They want, they don't just want the attention, but they're like, Hey, they want to prove that they are better than them. So really anything like that, it's kind of interesting that at least you're able to say, Hey, Let's make this more than just name calling and going back and forth. Like, hey, let's play a game. Let's get this done. And that's kind of actually usually how sports evolves. If you look at those title fights and things like that is like it elevates and escalates to the next level of, all right, get in the ring, make it happen. Like put put your put your put your money where your mouth is, you know, and just get get on. And so I think that's cool. And it's if it's going to be public, it's there. And hey, you know, it's if uh, I'll be interested to see how much, you know, um, politically incorrect they get or even not just politically incorrect but a little uh pa parental advisory yeah. they get i mean i would assume that these two are going to keep it relatively pg-13 no, they, so they will and i'm going to be there as a it's actually gonna be a three-way commentary session mm-hmm. i'm going to be there to serve as sort of a moderator or i don't know if it gets a little boring maybe i'll serve as an instigator have some questions to kind of get them get them excited but you know obviously it's it's entertainment and i do agree with you that i think the trash talking element imagine if that was brought to like the top players in the world it might even be even more interesting because these guys are like you know not much stronger than someone like me as far as i mean they're, they're interesting personalities um but yeah yeah I, I agree and I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that i think that i don't think it's necessarily needed for chess chess has survived in the realm that it has for a long time but as we grow into trying to get more people interested in the game i don't think there's anything wrong with having having some emotions that people bring in ahead of time and everyone knows about it and it's public. These guys are also both pretty funny. Like they're both, they both have pretty good personalities. So I, I don't expect it to be like, you know, just like whatever, just kind of crass, like a couple dudes angry at each other. I expect them to be, have a lot of fun to make some, some, some intelligent uh, insults, throw some intelligent insults at each other, which should have the crowd pretty excited. So anyway, it'll be, it'll be interesting. So mark your calendars, October 4th. I like that. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fun. I'm going to I'm going to put it put it on there. We'll put a link to it 
right in the show notes, not only to what happened, but also directly to, you know, chess.com just chess.com slash TV and the Twitch stream that it'll be on. So I'm always excited about that. I don't know. To me, it makes it, it makes it an event. It makes it, you know, more than just something. And they're also, you know, streamers themselves, you know, um, which I think is kind of cool. So that actually plays into their personality a little bit. Right, too. right. So, well, yeah. so, so that was, you know, there's some other things going on in the chess world, but I actually want to preview because I, I know we normally move into Mott's Asks an International Master, you know, and uh, I'm sure you, you know, we, we have lots of chess things we can discuss. But one of the things that I wanted to discuss at some point in one of these podcasts was to have you ask me how we, how we deal with cheating in chess. Mm. And and because I'm actually more curious, as I've talked about a lot of the things we do before, and people are kind of aware of the basic systems. Anybody who's involved in the chess world kind of is aware of what chess.com does, at least what we publicize that we do. But I'm curious what somebody from like the tech field and people not interested in chess from a competitive standpoint think about you know, the future of, of engines and computers having solved the game and how that's affected human play and what we're doing to basically continue to improve and be able to track and measure whether people are accessing illegal assistance when we're not actually in front of them, right? When you're not physically looking at them on the computer, what do we do? And I think that that's going to lead to some interesting conversations. I actually got a request for that on social media to maybe bring it up separately of the user feedback we get. So so I posted that in the show notes for next week. The first time we've done a teaser of something we're going to talk about in the future. Actually, now that you even mention it, I am. I now now I have to wait a whole week to discuss this, which really, oh my goodness. No, because actually I, I think about that all the time is I watch a video game like cheaters get banned and things like that right. and the technology behind that. And I've for a long time been in the kind of, you know, when you look at software, how do you secure your software? And recently I've been doing in-app purchases and how you secure that and how people right. middle it. But really chess in general, you have the engines, but just actually writing programs to do so. I'll be, I'm interested. So there it is a little teaser for next week's blunders. It'll you know, keep you coming back for more. So hit that subscribe button on any of those amazing podcast applications where you're streaming it today, or if you're streaming it from blunders.fm, guess what? Leave us a little feedback, hit that contact button, tell us where you want to know what type of coffee we be drinking, no matter where we're at in the world. We will yeah, tell yeah. you, we will, that's a great question. I'm gonna <laughs> pose a scenario, what coffee is appropriate for this situation? Coffee scenarios <laughs> in under five seconds, go. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. And of course, you can find me anytime on Twitter, at James Montemagno, Danny over at Daniel Wrench, everywhere. We're the, basically just search our names. You will find us um, all over the internet. You can find the podcast at blunders.fm. Oh my goodness, this, this has been fun. I, I am so excited that your kids are back in school, which means I can oh. now annoy you during, during the days because you have nothing Dude, better to do. We're, we're both excited about that. It's it's uh, how things need to be. And I'll keep you updated on the uh, on the tough challenges we have this year. So, you know. All right, buddy. Until well, next week, oh, every single day, I miss you and I love you, buddy. Love you too. See you next week. Bye.